Welcome to the next episode of Iowa Nature Notes, your link to the outdoors, brought to you by Lake Iowa Nature Center and Iowa County Conservation Board. Today your hosts are Chris and Mary and our special guest, Luke. Uh, today we're going to be talking about owls. Mary, do you want to kick us off? Sure. Um, so today we actually have a guest speaker, Luke, um, who, well, I'll let him tell tell him let him tell a little bit about himself and um but we just wanted to talk a little bit about owls today um because it is getting to the time of year where um we are going to be seeing the great horned owls start to mate and there's going to be a lot of activity we've also been seeing a lot of snowy owl activity here in iowa so we're going to talk a little bit about that today Luke, you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. First, um, it's wonderful to be here with you two on this very cold January morning <laughs> in Iowa. Um, I am happy to talk about owls with you two. They're very exciting animals. I've been an owl and raptor enthusiast now for over 10 years when I first started working with them. Uh, actually... I'm working currently with a couple of groups that do educational programming and rehabilitative services with these birds. Um, my background in animal and wildlife uh, enjoyment started when I started going to the University of Iowa. I actually was attending while Mary was going to school as well. I was a biology student and after graduating got a full-time job as a wildlife educator and re rehabber. So I've been doing it ever since, and thanks for having me both. Well, we're glad to have you. So most birds don't mate in the wintertime. Is that a safe assumption? I think it is. Okay. Mm -hmm. So why do owls... I have a theory, but I don't know a hard and fast reason. Why do owls mate in the winter? It seems foolhardy. <laughs> but we know it's not. Otherwise, it wouldn't do it. But why? We'll go around the table with our theories? with our theories and speculations. Should we start with Mary's? Should we start? I don't know if anyone can hear, but I'm pouring tea. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I think I've heard that it has maybe a little bit to do with uh, so raptors are, of course, our top predators, and um, they can be great horned owls and barred owls can be, you know, fairly large, and so they need to start a little bit earlier than most other birds. Um, also, I've heard that it has something to do with helping protect their young, starting a little bit earlier. What, do you, what about you guys? Oh, I think, I mean, owls have um, amazing capabilities to uh, withstand the cold, but that's mm -hmm. not unique just to owls. We have all types of birds here year-round. Mm -hmm. uh, their food source, obviously, is one that does not require the warmer weather of the insectivore and maybe mm -hmm. some of your more grain-eating birds. Mm -hmm. Um and we do see we do see great horned owls nesting around the same time as our, our bald eagles, though. So the bald eagles are all also early nesters. Um, I just feel that owls have a much 
they have a hardier sort of um, body type. They are very active in the, the darker times of the day, and we have the, the longest nights of the year, so we mm-hmm. have this opportunity for them to really shine with their particular gifts of hunting nocturnally. Um, so, and given all those things, like we said, why not get started yeah. earlier? So my theories are um, limited nest competition. They're a cavity mm-hmm. nester, so that's a very specific mm-hmm. type of nests that they need. A lot of them are cavity nesters. And no, there's no one else going after the cavities at that time of year. Um, so if they lay their eggs in February, mm-hmm. uh, those eggs will hatch in March. What happens starts to happen in March? The snow starts to melt. And in your yard, when the snow melts, you'll see all these little tunnels where the mice have been running. Um, when the snow melts, all of a sudden those animals are exposed. And so the food source, along with longer nights, the food source is more exposed. They have less places to hide. So I think there's more food availability and fewer, less competition for nesting sites. So that's why I think they probably, and that would apply to eagles too, because, you know, they, you know, if they're eating more rabbits, and they eat a lot of carrion, though. Mm-hmm, they do. <laughs> and things start to thaw then, so there'd be more carrion available. There's plenty of uh, interspecies competition between yeah. those two animals as well. Yeah. Fact, How many seen... mice do you think eagles eat? Oh, I I think that eagles are definitely going for it's they're they're more for you know the fish. They're more for the carrion, as you say. Um, you know, larger larger animals. I've never seen you know. I don't think a lot of mice may be coming back to the nest as much as your larger prey yeah. sources. So, does it everyone favorite owl? Oh. Favorite North American owl. Okay. And then favorite Iowa owl. <laughs> um, I would say my favorite North American and Iowa owl are the same. The great horned owl is my favorite. I know. Um, <laughs> The great horned owl, I think, um, you know, their their feather pattern, their their variation, their colors are just, just so beautiful. They are one of the fiercest hunters here um, in Iowa. Their their call is so deep and beautiful, um, and they're very common. And uh, so, yeah, great horned owl for me. They're kind of the jerks of the night sky, though. Well, they're like they're mean to everybody. Well, competition. They they need to eat too. You know, I know. What about you? Uh, my favorite North American owl is the great gray owl. I do. I had some really cool experiences with the great gray owls mm-hmm. when uh, we lived in northern Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my favorite Iowa owl is the barred owl. Mm. Because they're not the jerks of the night sky. Well, they're uh, relatively pleasant. <laughs> Dep- it it depends which animal you're yeah, talking to. Exactly. Exactly. They're, not, they're not as aggressive as the great horn. Well, we have plenty of plenty of those here at Lake Iowa Park. Yep. You'd ask the spotted owl of the the Northwest, yeah. the American Northwest, and yeah. they would disagree. And yeah. I would have to say um, both for me. 
which is an uncommon find, would be the barn owl. They exemplify one of the coolest uh, abilities that owls really use, and that's their incredible sense of hearing. Um, that heart-shaped face, the uh, their ability to feed and sustain a family much larger in for its size than any of the other owls. I mean, these are ones mm. that are pumping out dozen, you know, a dozen or more babies in a season, and mm -hmm. they can have multiple broods because of their hunting prowess. Mm. So. We've had some seasonals come back here helping us work uh, during Christmas break, and on some of the colder days, we wanted to come up with some tasks that we can get everyone indoors so we're a little bit, you know, safer. Uh, work environment and so uh, they built uh, two uh, barn owl boxes last week that we're going to put up um, on at Lake Iowa and as the winter progresses we hope to get some more built to put up and uh, at uh, Gunderson and Pheasant Ridge, uh, Pheasant Ridge. we're yeah. going to put one up there and then uh, possibly uh, Burstler but uh, not a, not a sure if there's enough mm -hmm. grassland around there, but definitely two here at the park, and then at Gunderson's be a good candidate for that too. So we're hoping yeah. to get some of them around yeah. here. Yeah, that would be nice. Mm -hmm. So we talked a little bit about you know our favorite owls and owls that um, what they're doing this time of year or what some of them are doing, but we haven't mm -hmm. talked about um, just some general characteristics. Those maybe who don't know a lot about owls. Um, Luke, can you tell us a little bit about what makes an owl unique or different from another bird? Sure. Like um, other raptors, which some folks like to distinguish owls from mm -hmm. other raptors. Yeah. Um, they've, of course, got your hooked curved beak, those talons used to capture the prey. Mm -hmm. What's really unique about the owls is the eyes, the ears, and the feathers. These are birds that are using incredibly large ears in conjunction with those classic disc-shaped uh, feather formations on the front of the face. They're looking straight out. Um, and a lot of people say that they feel more connected with owls as much as a human can be connected to an owl because they're looking eye to eye rather than looking at say an eagle or a hawk which have those more to the side um, eyes. The feathers which not only give them incredible insulation but the silent flight feature of the wing feathers, the fluted edges of those primaries allowing them to almost be uh, invisible sound-wise to the prey that they're hunting. Now a lot of owls can do the ambush where they just sit over top of an animal as it scurries underneath of them and plop down on top. Uh, some will actually use their vocalizations to startle uh, an animal, sort of uh, evoke that fight, flight, or freeze, which is what they're hoping for instinct that an animal has when they hear the call of a predator. Um, just really interesting um, adaptations that they have and mm -hmm. quite quite intelligent regardless oh. of what other popular beliefs are on owls and how they survive, especially this time of year. It's incredible. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for sharing all this. Um, the, their facial, you mentioned the heart-shaped face of the uh, barn owl. What is so unique about 
owl faces, not just the barn owl, but what what makes their faces so unique? From in in a close up view of the feathers, the the feathers that comprise those facial discs are much different than say the body, you know, plumage. They they almost appear as those old style antennas that you would have seen on top of your rooftops to capture TV and radio signals. The sound hitting those, you know, feathers and being used to funnel that sound back to their incredibly large ears, which are uh, quite asymmetrically placed. They're very uneven on the, the animal's head so that they can triangulate very clearly where that sound has come from. Many animals try to mimic what the owl can do just by standing still, much like a dog trying to hone in on a sound will cock their head um, in order to try to triangulate that. The owl's feathers on the face are beautiful for catching sound and funneling it. Yeah, they're pretty amazing creatures. Um, so some owls have yellow eyes and some owls have dark eyes. Does that at all dictate when they hunt? You know, I've, I've heard that, you know, great horned owls will, you know, they have those yellowish eyes, so they're, they're actually better at the more dusk and dawn hunting because there's sunlight available that clearly could be, you know, thrown out as we see a lot of them as purely nocturnal, you know, activity. Uh, you have the little screech owl that just wants to hide in its cavity until the great horn goes to bed. Uh, so you'll hear most of that activity early in the morning, just before dawn. Um, so I don't know if there's any truth or if that's just by nature, a morphological difference that doesn't have a disadvantage to it, but no necessary advantage to, to speak of. But I have heard of that. I've heard of that too. And also I, I've noticed that owls with more pronounced facial discs tend to have darker eye coloration. The exception to that would be the great gray. They have very yellow eyes. Yeah, but they have massive facial discs. So I just, I was wondering if you knew anything beyond that. Because I've always heard that too. You, I do tend to see great horns hunting in that dusk period. And they have tiny facial discs as far as owls go com comparatively. Um, so I thought maybe they hunted more by sight and a little bit less by hearing. They also hunt out in more open areas. Whereas like the barred owl definitely likes more dense timber. Screech owls are kind of a edge species. Barn owls, though, they hunt in really open areas on the edge of timber. They like to nest, but they like to hunt in open areas. Do they hunt in more dark? They hunt when they can hunt, I imagine. Yep. The, um, the, the barn owls are one of those. They're also quite crepuscular, you know, the dawn and dusk, the twilight hours of the evening. Um, Unfortunately, those are also times where you have the the most uh, ferocious of the owls, the great horned, on the edge of the woodlands, same place. So as far as, yeah, um, those differences, whether they have any advantage, I'm not certain of that. But Interesting. So if people want to help owls, what are some things they can do uh, from the most low input ways they can help to like the maximum input they could do to help right i think the lowest the lowest uh input would be 
um, read a book, educate yourself on what these animals are, what they do for us. I mean, the ecology, we are not exempt from the greater ecology. Um, we fall in line with the needs that these animals provide to us, which is prey control, the, the rodent control. Um, or for some people, they're just aesthetically pleasing to be able to see one of these animals perched outside your your window at night or hear one of them hooting. I know as a, a young child, I had a large sugar maple tree, very old, but it seemed to be a favorite roosting spot of a great horned owl that at night would just keep me awake um, at times with its hooting. <laughs> so, you know, the exposure that we have to them be can become more apparent the more we learn about them, um, the more we go out and look. Higher input would be protection and restoration of habitat, the number one cause for loss of these species or the decline in one over another. Great horned owls doing great with habitat loss. Unfortunately, that means that the marginalized habitats become the only refuge for these other species that will then be outcompeted. So strengthening, diversifying um, in Iowa, our wetlands, woodlands, prairie lands, that's the best way that we're going to be able to protect. Um, and that's the highest probably input that we have. In order to do that high input, you're going to have to do the low input first. Educate yourself. Can you suggest a book? You mentioned read a book. Do you have a book in mind? Oh well, it depends on it depends on you know the age um, of the person. I I find for very young, we've got things such as you know the cutesy owl babies, owl babies. book, which which is amazing. <laughs> um, Stella Luna, which is about uh, a bat actually, but there's an encounter with a great horn. Really builds mm. up on the. Uh, what are these birds actually going after? Uh, all the way up to, you know, things that are less about owls, but more about our place in the environment and the effects we have, such as Silent Spring. Amazingly, this is a book, you know, written, you know, what, 50, 55 years ago that I find when you ask people is no longer read like it used to be. So getting a hold of these these books that deal with um, our effect on the environment that are even becoming more relevant today with wildlife law and protective laws um, is a great one for adults to get into being interested or visit the Cornell Lab of Ornithology website. It's Definitely. amazing calls, photos, um, and natural history of these animals. Just go and find something cool. Yeah, in the description of this podcast, I was going to add some links to All About Birds, which is uh, a website done by Cornell Lab, to each of the owls that we mentioned so people can go and learn about more in detail about the great gray and the barn owl and the great horned owl and the barred owl and screech owl we mentioned. So uh, add and there are more owls on there. Um, so I'll add links to that. Um, I also I would encourage people to if you're interested if find out if you've got a local Audubon chapter, um, mm -hmm. they can help you learn more about owls and mm -hmm. find out where to see owls. Um, if you want to see snowy owls, why why are snowy owls here in Iowa right now? Why are snowy owls here in Iowa? So if you are at all a fan of owls um, or pay attention to anything like that, 
you may have noticed that there have been several or quite a few snowy owl spottings around the state. And so we think of snowy owls as living up north where it's very, very cold, up in the tundra. But um, in the when it's winter up there, as it is here, their food will actually migrate or move down south to us here, maybe in Minnesota or even as far south as Iowa. And it's easier for them to catch and find food here. Um, as as their as their food sources move so and sometimes their food sources are cyclical and they crash yes like lemmings they, yep and no lemmings do not run off cliffs <laughs> they don't actually do that but uh um they're 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 popular a lot of rodent populations uh, will go in a bell, classic bell curve their population grows and grows and grows and grows and then it crashes and when they crash the following year the predators crash, so so it can be their prey is migrating mm -hmm. or their prey is just not there. Mm -hmm. So, all right, and um, if you um, are in our local area here in Iowa County or surrounding counties, and you would like to learn more about owls, we will actually be having a really fun program. Um, coming up on March 3rd called an Owl Prowl. So we'll start out um, indoors here at Lake Iowa Nature Center. We will do a presentation about owls, some of the information we talked about today, plus a lot more. And then we will be bundling up, if, especially if it's as cold as it is now, um, and heading outside in the evening and calling some owls to see if we can get some to call back because they're they're going to be very active. Um, last year we had a, an owl prowl and we heard three different barred owls that called. It might have been the same barred owl, but three times we got it to call back to us. So it's really super exciting. Um, again, that'll be March 3rd from 6.30 to 8 p.m. If you want more information, you can like us on Facebook, Lake Iowa, Nature, uh, Lake Iowa Park. Um, or we have our website, iowacountyconservation.org. You can also find those links on our um, information with the podcast. So. And we'll have one more podcast between now and March, so we'll make sure and plug that again. That's true. Uh, have no idea what our topic is going to be in February. <clears throat> I don't know either. If any of you out there listening have an idea of what you'd like to hear about, you can always shoot us an email. I'll add an email in the description so you can contact us. Uh, was there anything else anyone wanted to add before we wrap this up? Well, I wanted to say thank you very much, Luke, for coming and sharing your knowledge about owls with us today. You're very welcome, <laughs> and uh, I'm, I'm happy to come and talk about owls with anyone anytime. All so. right. You going to go snowshoeing after this? Uh, we may. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so this morning... Uh, as we were getting ready for the podcast, I noticed that the there was a bobcat just to the east of the nature center. It was Mary's first time seeing the bobcat, yes. so it's a very exciting day. I'd been so, waiting and waiting and waiting. And I would suggest going over and looking at the tracks, mm -hmm. and then we could backtrack because I they might den down in there. We'll have to see. Maybe bobcats next month. Maybe bobcats <sighs> next month. Yeah. Okay. So all right. Well, thank you everyone for listening. <laughs> And we will see you next month. Thanks, guys. <laughs>